All right, so before we begin, I would just like to state for the record that today is December 5th, 2022, and my name is Ben Bauman, and I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, speaking via phone with Bob Jackman, who's located in Milroy, Indiana, and we are doing an interview for the Indiana Legislative Oral History Initiative. So just starting off, when and where were you born? Well, I was actually born in, uh, in uh, Rushville in uh, February 7th, 1943. Okay. And uh, what were your parents' names? Uh, my na- dad's name was Frank Tompkins Jackman, and my mother's name was Lois uh, Priscilla Jackman. Uh, her main name was, an Anders- was Anderson. And uh, they were, um, my dad was born in 1900, and my mother was born in 1904. So they were basically, you know, they were uh, 42 and 38 when I was born. So um, they went through the Depression, and yeah, that's another story in of itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so... When did your family first move to Indiana? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. There's uh, Jackman's way back, and actually, my great grandfather, a guy with the name of Nathan Tompkins, uh, founded Milroy. Um, I can't remember the date. It was early. It was like 1820. You know, Rush County became a county in 1822. You know, and that's pretty good. So it's six years after the, you know, after the state became a became a state. So right. Uh, yeah, we've been around a long time. I guess is what, what I'm trying to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. And um, let's see. So, did you have any siblings growing up? Yeah, I have an older sister. Uh, my she's four years older than I am. Her name is Anne uh, Anne Brackett, and uh, she's uh, she was a nurse, uh, uh, Marion nurse for forty years. Did a lot of work in mental health. Oh, okay, interesting. And so, how would you describe your childhood growing up? Well, I don't know. We uh, I grew up on a farm, and uh, you know, had a lot of animals and. Did a lot of work. A lot of the work back in that day was hands-on, and um, um, I had chores to do every day with with the livestock. And then when I got to be ten years old, I took a great interest in 4-H and did a lot of that. And actually, uh, used all my uh, uh, 4-H money that I had made uh, to basically put myself through college. Wow. So, uh, Back in those days, you know, tuition was, it was tough, you know, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of money back in those days, but compared to today, it was nothing, you know, you, yeah. you tell your grandkid, you, you know, that he just wrote a check for $2,800 to a university, and I wrote a check for 120 back in, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> 1961, I guess, so, yeah. but, um, anyway, um, but I, uh, I mean, my, my childhood was, uh, had a lot of friends, did a lot of things, learned to drive a tractor and plow, and, and you know, my dad was very, uh, uh, very structured in what he wanted me to do and learn how to do, and uh, he, uh, he let me, he kind of gave me a loose rope. I didn't, I didn't tear up anything. I was pretty, uh, 
I was pretty conscientious when I was on equipment and so forth. And uh, but I, I mean, I always relish that because uh, you know they get you know they don't know how to drive until they turn sixteen years old, and then they they still don't know how to drive when they're twenty two. You know, so right. But, uh, I learned a lot of things about life and uh, did some hunting and fishing and had some good friends, fishing holes and swimming holes and had a lot of good friends. And so, I mean, I, I don't think I led a uh, hard childhood, but I, I knew how to work. Yeah. That's the, that's the main thing that I learned was, uh, you know, hard work never hurt anybody. Yeah. Okay. And, what did you know about your family's uh, political beliefs growing up? Oh my gosh, they were uh, they were diehard Republicans. Uh, my dad hated Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> my mother was uh, my mother was a Nixon fan in 1960 60 in that election, and uh, uh, so yeah, they were they were diehard Republicans, but. You know, they had good relate. You know, they never did anything politically. But uh, you know, my mother was a school teacher and taught history, and and she was very very knowledgeable in all the political stuff with uh, different presidents. And I think her most fa- uh, favorite president was probably Teddy Roosevelt, because uh, but of course she was just born when he. I mean, she did a lot of studies. What I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. She graduated from DePaul University, I think, in. Uh, in what 1924 maybe I'm not sure exactly about that but uh, and my dad didn't he didn't have any uh, he didn't have any kind of a um, I mean he graduated from high school of course but he didn't have any uh, college uh, knowledge or college education and of course he always wanted me to you know do better and of course I think every generation you know wants to their kids to do better than they did and wants it better for their kids and that and that he was that type of guy you know he was he was uh you know he was very sincere but at the same, same time he was uh get her done son you know because you can do it you know so um we had some good times and he he actually my my dad passed away when i was uh, as i started my senior year in high school mm, okay so, that, that was tough and uh, threw everything on my mother as far as the farm with uh, livestock and crops and blah, blah, blah. But we all survived. So, you know, learned a lot of lessons, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what did you do after high school then? Well, I, uh, you know, really I, I wanted to stay home and farm, but my, uh, my mother being the driving force behind me, uh, you know, she said, you're not going to farm, you're going to go get an education. And uh, so I enrolled in Purdue in uh, the fall of 61 after I graduated in uh, in May. And uh, um, I didn't go into pre-vet the first semester. I kind of actually went into engineering and then took me a semester to figure out that I was not going to be an engineer. And uh, I think that's the way with a lot of people that start out with engineering. But anyway, I switched over to the ag school and was in, uh, you know, life science building at that time. At that time, the life science building at Purdue was brand new or fairly new. And I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, switched over to pre-vet because I, I had a good relationship with two or three veterinarians here in the area. And 
talk to them and you know I, I think one thing that I accomplished with my education I, I got a sound foundation in science you know I yeah. mean, my veterinary degree is a, is a, is very very good I mean uh, got a very good foundation on how to how to do things and run life and treat animals and I mean I've always been very thankful for that so uh, but I was in uh, I had two years of pre-vet and four years of school, so I graduated in 67, which is actually the, the fifth class uh, in the, that I graduated at in the school, because the uh, school actually opened in 59, and they graduated, graduated the first class in 63. So, and at that time, uh, uh, Lynn Hall was brand new. I mean, you know, so I had the best of best of buildings and the best of instructors and the best of facilities at that time. And then you fast forward two generations later that, the, you know, the Purdue Veterinary School just went under a, a new uh, addition with the teaching hospital up there and uh, for $108 million. And it's, it was dedicated in April and it's absolutely fantastic the way, you know, education has changed and especially veterinary medicine and the health sciences and all that stuff. So I uh, actually, you're actually the third person that is, I'm doing a history gig for, okay? So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I got approached to, uh, the dean hired a uh, lady to do a book on the first 50 years of the vet school at Purdue, and I had an interview with her the other day. So anyway, so. Wow, busy. <laughs> No, it just makes me old. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, it's good to have something to say. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Yes, yeah, so that's that's all interesting. Uh, you know, growing up, did you have much perspective on what it meant to be someone from Indiana versus from somewhere else, or? No, I. I mean. We didn't do much traveling back in those days. I mean, it, okay. was, it was, you know, it was, I mean, life in the 50s wasn't easy, really, for, for farming. I mean, uh, I we did go to Michigan once or twice on a vacation and went down to Cincinnati to the Reds ball game, I guess. Took a trip to Mammoth Cave one summer, but that's about, I mean, other than that, I didn't get out of the state very much. But, okay. Uh, so I guess the answer to that would be no. I didn't go to Chicago. Went to Indy and thought you'd get lost. Hmm. Uh, Louisville was, a, uh, you know, that went down there a couple of times, and I don't remember what for, but, uh, I mean, no, we didn't get out much, I guess. Okay, yeah. So did your awareness of politics change much when you were in college? No, actually... Actually, can I, you know, uh, politics was my second, I mean, I didn't really get involved in politics until, uh, until I ran for the legislature in the 90s. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, everybody knows where they were when Kennedy got shot. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a bad deal. And my mother, my mother, even though, even though she didn't vote for Kennedy, why she, you know, she was really distraught that he had gotten, that that had happened and thought the whole country was going to hell, you know, and everything. So, yeah. um, 
but uh, you know, I mean, and then Vietnam War, I didn't get into that. I was in school and working my butt off to try to get through vet school. And when I graduated, why well, I graduated as a veterinarian, and of course that was I went and took the physical in Annapolis, but you know the service didn't need veterinarians, so. That's one thing that I've kind of, you know, as I got older, I kind of um, wish that I had done was done done some of the military stuff, but but I didn't, and you know, for whatever reason, and uh, uh, I had a lot of friends that went to Nam. A couple of them got killed, you know. What I mean, but yeah, uh, wow, it's uh, you know that part of it, and uh, but no, I. Uh, I was really disappointed with Nixon uh, when with all that Watergate stuff, and uh, I didn't pay much attention. And then, of course, in '68, they shot Kennedy or Ted, uh, Bobby Kennedy got shot. And uh, anyway, you know, I thought all that was. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't get involved politically. I, I I voted every time, and I tried to study and figure out who the best were, and did that but as far as getting involved in politics no i was busy you know trying to do, be a veterinarian and and trying to practice and the 80s did probably as far as i'm concerned um the biggest thing about running a veterinary business happened in the early 80s when we had and this we're going through the same thing now with all this inflation and, mm-hmm. and you know price increases and you know i mean the only thing different here now is, it, you know, people are complaining about interest rates being seven and a half. Well, back in the early eighties, interest interest rates hit twenty two percent, and um, you know, I just bought a farm and bought a practice and was heavily in debt, and it wasn't easy. I'll tell you, buddy. I'm telling you what, that was a that was a mind opener because you didn't know every from one day to the next what was going to happen. You know, and, yeah. Uh, I thank God I had a good bank, you know. Right, right. I I didn't miss a payment, but a couple of times I was late. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I uh, it uh, it wasn't it wasn't easy. I tell you, you worked your butt off, and uh, just to think that how he's going to get ahead, you know, how he's going to stand it, and you know, I mean, uh, you know, before back there in the eighties. You know, Coca-Cola cost nickel, and then it went to a quarter, and now Coca-Cola, it costs you a buck, and now it costs you two bucks, you know? And so, I, you are going through the same thing right now, you know, mm-hmm. right now. And uh, so, uh, no, I didn't get involved politically. I, uh, the reason I did, see, uh, when I started here in Milroy, I bought this practice in 78, and... Uh, my, I had a good friend by the name of Gene Ann Harcourt, and they had a, a school supply business on the west end of town, and I was on the east end of town. And you don't know where Milroy is, but it's only about 800 people. And, uh, so she was involved politically. Okay. And she'd call me up and say, you know, uh, got this guy, I'm going to have a fundraiser, and I need 25 bucks. And, I said, okay, I'll get it to you. And she said, oh, now you got to come because I need bodies for the, to show up. So, and, uh, so that's how I got cheap, you know, and then and I won this Senate seat for, uh, came open in, uh, when, uh, I don't know whether you know the history on this Senate seat or not, do you? 
Lysing was got elected in '88. Jean Lysing. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to her at all? No, I have not. Well, uh, she got elected in '88 uh, to the Senate, and uh, then got reelected in '92. And then in '94, she just thought she could uh, run for the run for Congress here. In the, and at that time, she lived in Franklin County, and that was in the Ninth District where Lee Hamilton was. And uh, uh, so she came within 300 votes of him in '94 in the Republican landslide thing of '94, and then uh, decided that you know she might be able to beat him if she ran again in '96. So she had to give up the seat. So. Jean Ann approached me about, I don't know, September of October of 95. And, and um, I mean, I was very uh, flattered that, you know, she thought I could do it. And uh, uh, I don't know, it gave me a great opportunity for my, uh, uh, to expand the practice. My son was in vet school. He graduated in 95. And, it gave him an opportunity to come back and join the practice, and probably the biggest lie they ever told me was that uh, said, "Jacqueline, you can uh, you can do this. You can be a state senator. It's only a half time job, and, <laughs> and well, you can be a veterinarian." Well, that's the biggest lie that anybody ever told me because <laughs> you get you get elected to represent one hundred sixty thousand people. Like, somebody's always on the phone, you know. So yeah, but anyway. Um, uh, we had a good campaign, a good good group. We did, you know, we did well. We got five-way primary, and we got uh, learned a lot. Saw a lot of people. Got forty-three percent of the vote. So um, it was all good. And then we had to just—I'll never forget, you know—after the uh, after the uh, election in May or primary when we won. Why the next day there were somebody from the state Republican Party called me and, you know, want me to come up there and do something. And I said, hey, I got, I can't do this. I got, I got to get, keep my business going. You know, I got to do something with it. I've been gone too long, you know, but uh, that was kind of a, but, you know, it's all worked out. We had a good, you know, it, uh, I think we ran a good campaign and, uh, you know, I, I mean, we raised, I think we raised a hundred, we had raised $160,000, which was, at that time, it was quite a bit of money, you know, for a campaign. But today, it made, you know, people are spending a million dollars for a house seat, which is ridiculous. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, I don't, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. It was, I mean, it was tough. Um, I don't know, I've always been a guy that, you know, if you look back on your life, you you know, about every 10 years, you need a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sometimes those challenges are more than you, you know, you, sometimes you think you you ought to be 150 years old because of all the challenges you've had in your life. But uh, I think, uh, you know, it was, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the legislature. Met a lot of people. Uh, didn't get anything big. I, I'll never forget. Um, uh, I don't know how many more questions you got here, Ken, but I'm kind of rambling here. No, go, you're, you're totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> well. I was brand new in the legislature and probably been to the state house three times in my life before that. And uh, I'll never forget, I, you know, I filed a, like, you know, two or three, four or five bills, I don't know, that 
had to do with what I talked about during the campaign, you know, taxes and property taxes, and I don't know what they all were, you know, but uh, Senator Forrest at that time was the chairman of uh, of the finance committee in the Senate, and uh, he was a veterinarian, and actually I had talked to him, you know, quite a bit during the campaign, and he gave me some direction and so forth, and uh, but, it, I mean, he kind of took me under his wing, I think, because... Uh, you know, we both shared the same uh, shared the same uh, location, and uh, uh, he called me into his office one day, and he said, uh, "He said, Bobby said he, he got some good bills here, he said, but I'm not going to hear any of them." And uh, <laughs> I said, uh, "I said, what's the deal? Why not?" He said, "Well, he said we're going to address a couple of these things in the budget." And, you know, you're not going to get anything big done here your first term. And he said, that, you know, what you need to do this first term is keep your eyes open and or your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut and uh, go home and take care of the people that got you here. So uh, that's what I did. And I, you know, I mean, it's probably the best advice I had in the legislature, of course, uh, Bob Garden was a great, good, good guy. He was pro Tim of the Senate's end, and uh, yeah, and uh, Potch Wheeler was uh, caucus chair. This great, great guys that just, you know, they kind of helped me through. And and uh, I remember I went in to see old Potch one day, and, and uh, after he got there, and he was a well dig, well driver, well digger. Did you? I mean, he's passed away now. He never knew him, but just a great guy down to earth. He said, Bob, he said, you don't have to worry about these bills. He said, all they are is a piece of paper. (laughs) 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 I I mean, that wasn't all, but anyways, it's got to put you everything in perspective that way. But, uh, and really, I think when, uh, as I look back, you know, I mean, that was 96. So I ran in 2000 and 2004, basically unopposed. Um, One year I had a libertarian that ran, but, um, you know, I mean, you still had to get out there and stuff, but you didn't have to bust your butt to, you know, to, you know, when you ran again. But uh, so, you know, I was, you know, I did. I, if people call, I, you know, I try to take care of them. And, you know, we, we did a lot of parades and, you know, there's, there's two gigs on this thing, Ken, and here I am rambling again. You know, there's, there's the job of being, an elected official being a state senator, you know, that is in itself pretty, you know, pretty demanding. But then you got the political side, you know, right. that, that you got to do to, you know, to raise money, to keep, re- get, to get reelected, to, you know, that type. And that's entirely different. That's, and I really enjoyed, you know, the legislative part. You know, found out that you never get any everything you want. You know, it's all a it's all compromise. And uh, I, you know, I learned a lot and met a lot of fine people. And and but uh, I I got sick and tired of the political gig. You know, so yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not the whole reason I did it. Only ran. You know, I was always you know, I always told people. You know, that I thought we ought to be a representative democracy and. Uh, people who get in there and stay too long, they, they, they just, I don't, it's just not right. It's not right. And I'm not a term limits guy either because 
I think term limits give a give too much power to the executive branch of government, and because nobody knows what the hell's going on, you know. And uh, but at the same time, people stay too long, and um, uh, so anyway. What do you got next, sir? Yeah, no, no, that was good. Um, so you covered a lot of different things there. Now I'm curious, you know, what were you thinking when you first got elected? Were you surprised, or were you just like, you know, expecting to get elected, or you know, what was your thought process? Well, I, you know, I <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty confident. I mean, I mean, I worked my butt off, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, we had run the primary, and then had the Democrat opponent was from Shelby County. And, of course, Shelby County was the – see, at that time, uh, Senate District 42 was um, Shelby, Rice, Decatur, and Fayette counties in the western side of Franklin, which, you know, it was all four counties. I mean, people who knew who their, you know, who their elected officials were. And uh, – but Shelby County was the biggest uh, – you know, had the, what well, I can't remember how much of the vote they had. It was over 30%. I know that. Right. And, uh, but we had a plan. Gene and we, we had a good team and we had a plan and we stuck to the plan. You know, we didn't waver. Uh, we didn't believe any of the, you know, we, people are running these surveys. I, I didn't believe them. You know, we, we started out with a plan in July or August, uh, to start going to places and doing things and, um, you know, as it got closer to the election, why well, I spent you know a week in Fayette County, a week in Decatur County, and uh, I don't know. I the one of the biggest things that helped me in the primary over there in uh, Shelby County was I got a uh, I got acquainted with the uh, state with the county chairman, and they had lists of uh, phone numbers, and he had uh, they had uh, five phone lines out of that. Uh, headquarters over in Shelby County and we spent I took five or six people over there and we called everybody on those lists hell I don't know god there must have been 20,000 people we spent calling and you know that was a big help uh, and then I had other people you know calling I had actually a person that was bedridden here in Rush County that gave her a list and she called all them people and you know I mean you know, name ID was the whole gig of it. You know, that's what you had to do. As long as they recognized the name when you walked in the voting booth, that's what we... So I was, uh, you know, I wasn't... I was pretty confident, maybe, that we were going to win. But uh, one thing, you know, how things change, and uh, I spent uh, in, the, in the fall election in 96... I spent all day over in Shelby County at a precinct over there. I can't even remember where it was now, but, you know, uh, and then at six o'clock when the polls closed, why, uh, I went to the headquarters in Shelby County and, you know, I met a few people over there and knew the county chairman and blah, blah, blah. So the results came in and, um, uh, of course, what at that time they, they, they weren't computerized, you know, they had to count them. And the, of course, everything come in from Shelbyville City. And hell, I was down 700 votes, about 7.30, I think. And uh, we left over there in Shelbyville to uh, come back to Redshill because that's where my headquarters were. That's where, that was the county I was in, you know. And uh, 
before there going into Rushville, had the radio on said I was down 700 votes in Shelby County. And he said, Dad, he said, we could lose this thing. And I said, you think? <laughs> 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 but, you know, I, I ended up I ended up getting beat in Shelby County by 300 votes, which was, you know, and I made that up in, in uh, the other counties. So, uh, you know, but, you know, the, the, my opponent, uh, Jay Lee Locks, he was, he was a lawyer. I mean, he was a decent guy. You know, we got along good. I mean, we never, we never did get into a blood swinging deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I told him early on, or we met, you know, at one of these chicken fries or whatever it was. And I said, hey, listen, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into a fight mudslinging and talking about people and trying to find out what, what you've done or anything like that. But, uh, and I mean, he's a decent, he was a decent guy. I mean, I really, I got, I can, I can truly say that if I think JD Lux, if I called in today, that he would talk to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel good about that. And, uh, um, but, um, so yeah, it's it's you know the political arena is not easy, you know. So another thing about the election uh, in Fayette County, over in Connorsville, um, it, it was mainly Democratic at that time. You know, there were, I mean, all the elected officials over there, were, but the Republicans were making some good strides, and they had good leadership in the county uh, party over there, and. Uh, I had a guy, a friend of mine, was a client actually, that really took a great interest in the campaign, and he did a lot for me over there in Fayette County. And in the uh, after I got after I won the election or the primary, what we did a survey over there, and uh, I had seven uh, percent name ID in Fayette County. And so uh, Senator Garden came over, and we had a couple of fundraisers and. And uh, we decided, uh, you know, at that time, you know, they told us that don't waste your money on billboards, uh, you know, for to advertise your campaign. But, I mean, we did in Fayette County. Of course, there's just two main highways. There's State Road 1 and State Road 44 in and out of Connorsville. So we got four great big billboards on them and put them out, uh, you know, later on in the fall. And... Uh, um, I lost Fayette County by four votes. So, and got a chance, you know, at that time, Visteon over there was a big, uh, one of the biggest uh, manufacturers. Of course, you know, Connorsville, there was lots and lots of industry in Fayette County, you know, nuts and bolts and fabricators and tool and die guys. And then, of course, Visteon was like, I don't know, 18 acres under roof. And, uh, but uh, anyway, it's it was a it was an experience. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, now, what was the relationship like between uh, Democrats and Republicans when you served? Well, when I when I when we went in ninety six, the Republicans in the Senate were thirty one to nineteen, and I've always told people if I probably got elected in the in the minority, I probably wouldn't have lasted four years because, you know, it was pretty structured. And, and of course, the House at that time was 50, you know, fighting between 50-50. One, one session, it was 50-50, you know. And, and uh, uh, 
good with the Democrats. You know, I mean, we had uh, Jimmy Jimmy Lewis from he was from Charlestown. You know, I uh, you know I, I you know you talk about the Reagan Republicans. You know, and I mean down along the river, uh, those Democrats were. I mean, they were Democrats, but they were conservative. They were knowledgeable. They, you know, I got along great with them. Uh, uh, in fact, you know, at that time, you know, you wanted to get a person from the opposite party to go on a bill with you to help you, you know, with it or be the second author. And and then uh, uh, the guy that was uh, the minority leader at that time was uh, Senator, uh, he from down there around Corydon at that time. I can't remember what his name was. He was a good guy. Um, uh, Lonnie Randolph, I got acquainted with Lonnie Randolph. From He was from the uh, uh, East Chicago area. Uh, I liked him. I mean, we we got along, I got along good with him. I mean, it's not, you know, the, what somebody said the other day said, I'd like to have a whole bunch of moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats get together, you know, and not have all these right-wing people, you know, on both sides, which is, you know, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this fighting and victory, that's not the way he gets things done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, you know, I just get upset every time we talk about it. You know, they're, they're just making it worse for, for, the, for their uh, constituents, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the money they raise, and the land, this, you know, it's like this thing going on down here in Georgia now. I mean, my gosh, it's just... Court and the money they spent my land is I just I just can't get over it, you know. And uh, uh, you know, and but uh, you know the the saying got to be, and I don't know how <laughs> the same saying got to be. You know, if the House passed the bill, why the Senate fixed it, you know? And that's what we did. I mean, we fixed the budget, and you know that was kind of what the. We didn't get all the publicity, but we worked. We worked hard, and we worked together, and we worked with Democrats. I mean, you know, they were in on some of the. I mean, they were in on more high, high, high quality meetings than I was. Mm-hmm. Or high stress, but uh, it was a different game. It was a different wet game. I mean, uh, you, you know, you had if you wanted to get anything done, you had to get along. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, I just, uh, I you know, that's the worst thing about all this stuff today. And then, of course, you got these, these polit, you know, these elected officials that do stuff wrong and steal, and that just gives everybody a bad name, you know. And uh, uh, try to do stuff illegally, and so I just, I, I just hate it. But, I mean, it's a, it, it's a, I think, and here, here I am thinking again, you know, the reason that we don't have good quality people running for a lot of offices, you know, I mean, you know, is because, you know, the pay scale is so low, is so low. Mm. Now, granted, some of the benefits are, are great with the government and, you know, that type of thing. But really, you know, if you read, if you get elected, and of course, this was, you know, it was worse. 30 years ago or 20 whenever it was but you know the pay scale is not that good good people you know they don't run for the elected office because of the money that's for sure and if the pay was better i think we'd get better quality people but that's my opinion yeah uh, yeah that's interesting 
Um, yeah, I guess the yeah a lot of people don't realize how little people actually make being a, a legislator in state government. So right, 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 right. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you 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 you're working for peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, let's see. So, did you notice a change then in? Uh, the relationships between Democrats and Republicans over the course of your career in the General Assembly, like near the end of it, was it different than when you started, or was it the same? No, it was about the same. Okay. No, I mean, uh, when I got elected, why? Uh, oh gosh, who, who was who got elected governor? Uh, who was governor then? Uh, he was a Democrat, uh, and he got reelected in two thousand, and then. Uh, Joe Kernan. Joe Kernan was one of the best friends I had. I mean, a good guy, you know, just really, really solid man. He was dedicated, and I really did like Joe Kernan. Went on a couple of trips to Washington with him for different things. And uh, uh, then the, the, guy that, the guy that died, uh, what the heck was his name? O'Bannon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, O'Bannon. Yes. Yes, and see, Curran was his lieutenant governor, and he was from South Bend, and he had been in the he'd been in Nam, he'd been in the military, and uh, but just a solid guy, you know, and you know, and you knew, I mean, you know, after twelve years, you knew who you could get along with and who you couldn't get along with, so you just, you know, you just went on about your business, and there wasn't there wasn't the uh, fighting and bickering. Uh, and I think a lot of that was due to Senator Garden's leadership because he was, uh, you know, he was pro Tim, And uh, he probably, I tell you, Bob Garden knew more about government and the way it should run and the laws and the things about the, you know, Robert's rule of order. I mean, he ran the place very, very strict. And that, you know, and everybody knew that. Yeah. You, you didn't, you didn't, if you stepped over the bounds, you were going to get hammered, you know, and you just didn't do it. You know, I mean, maybe you thought about it, but you didn't have it, you know, you couldn't do it because nobody, I mean, he had, a, he had great backing and he was a great guy and uh, knew more about government and the way it would operate. I mean, you know, if, uh, you know, all all bills should should attack one uh, one. Uh, you know, you just couldn't screw bills up. You know, you couldn't. What was it? You know, a bill had to go about be designed for one subject. That was it. That was it. And I mean, and other things. The way he ran the place. And if somebody was got out of order, he was he he didn't mince any words. And you had to. I mean, look, he was the longest standing pro team of the nation. In, in state legislatures, and uh, you know he did a, did a great job. Yeah. Okay. So was that kind of uh, political polarization that occurred uh, later on, uh, near the end of your career or after your career in the General Assembly? Was that one of the reasons why you joined like the Armiga organization for retired legislators? Or no, I I think it, <laughs> well. Uh, you know, you know, I got to help 
with this are making together, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I think you know civility in government. That's that was the main thing, you know, and that's the reason we're here. And uh, uh, yeah, I you know I think it's a good organization, and you know we got we got to promote people getting along. And, yeah. Uh, plus, in fact, you get to see. You know, some of your some of your old best friends that used to be your old best friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just a way to stay in touch, and uh, uh, it's pretty unique. You know, uh, Brian. Well, Brian Hasler that started it mm-hmm. there in the house. You know, I didn't know him that well. I mean, I knew who Brian Hasler was, but you know, he was a Democrat, but he and he was, but he was very sincere on getting this thing started. And uh, so I don't know how much, you know, how much uh, really presence we have at the state house, but we try to get along with everybody. And we do have the uh, support of the, of the uh, leaders, you know, uh, the yeah. party, speaker and all that stuff. So, uh, and, you know, the governor too. So, you know, I think they respect us. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see, thinking of some other questions here, how influential would you say like lobbyists were in the Indiana General Assembly? Well, you couldn't run it without lobbyists. Okay. There's no way that you can know everything there is to know about every subject or ever, everything that comes up. Right. You know, and you've got to depend on the lobbyists to educate you and, you know, tell you what the, where they're at and what, you know, I really respect those guys, you know, they catch a lot of flack, you know, of, of, uh, from the public, and but they they do have a tremendous job, you know. Now, the one thing, you know, the one thing, that, and, it, and lobbyists know this, and actually it it's falls over into, you know, you got to be truthful. If, if somebody tells you, you know, gets on you and tells you a lie, then you're, you know, you, he's done. Yeah. He's done. And, you know, there's, uh, I had a lot of respect for those people. They, they they did a lot of work. They, you know, they waited in line to talk to you. I mean, you know, uh, they were very sincere, at least the ones I worked with. And I, you know, you can't you can't run a part time legislature without their knowledge, without their knowledge. You know, whether it's utilities, whether it's insurance, whether it's uh, you know banking or whatever. Right? You know, you need them. And they, they make it, you know, they make every legislator a better person as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, okay. You got more knowledge on the subject. Now, um, let's see, what about uh, things like gerrymandering? How influential would you say that was in the General Assembly? Well, it was, it was there. Okay. It was there, yeah. I mean... Yeah, uh, it. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. It's uh, uh, it's been that way forever. Yeah. And uh, you know, ch- changing things is, in government is is hard to do. And I'll I'll grant you, it needs to be changed because well, just look at this set of district here. You know, mm-hmm. back then it was it was four whole counties and plus the western side of another and. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, everybody 
everybody knew who their elected official was. They knew who I was because, you know, they lived in one of those five counties. And, uh, you know, I shared Batesville with Johnny Nugent because uh, Franklin, you know, Franklin County was in Batesville, was in Franklin and Ripley County right on the line. Well, hell, those poor people, hell, you'd go down there. They didn't know, you know, they didn't know whether he was Nugent or whether he was Jackman, you know. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it's too bad. It's too bad. I don't know what to do about it. They, uh, people smarter than me can fix it, but I, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and here we are today with, you know, the Republicans, well, they drew the maps in, uh, uh well, they drew the maps in 2000 and they drew the maps in 10 and now they drew them again here in 20 and, this this Senate, this you know go back and look at where this Senate seat was and how much it's cut up you know, now now and uh, I think it's seven counties which is ridiculous yeah I mean if they, you know you you, you gotta you gotta work with the population of that you know and draw the maps accordingly but it would be a lot easier if they to draw down, at least down township lines and not down alleys, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on that. It's, but it's, it's going to be a long time before it's fixed again, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Um, yep, complex issue. Um, let's see. What would you say was the most controversial legislative uh, issue when you served? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I worked real hard in the gaming end of it, which was was pretty controversial at that time. Uh, and uh, 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 of course, the budget was always a, the biggest thing every two years. You know, getting getting the budget arranged and and uh, so forth and so on. And, of course, uh, I was very fortunate, you know, that we, we, you know, the way we were structured and the way our tax structure was, we always had a, a, a little surplus, not what they got today. But then, of course, when I, I didn't run in 08, but that's when things went to hell, you know, and with, uh, with the money situation. So... You know, the budget was always controversial. And, and gaming, I don't know, they, you know, the gaming thing is, in, in my opinion, is a, is a good way to study legislative process because, you know, we did the paramutual betting back in the 80s and, and Boris did that. And then they, they did the uh, uh, boats in 93 before I got there. And, you know, it was... Uh, I guess my, you know, the, the main reason, the main reason I think that gaming passed and, you know, was the money, was the money that the state of Indiana could get from the gaming industry, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I always said, if for every buck they pay, that's a buck I don't have to pay, you know? Yeah. But, uh, at the same time, you know, I mean, of 
course, I got involved with it by representing Shelby County, and I, I thought you know it was good good for agriculture. Anytime you can get an industry, an equine industry, to move to the state and bring good horses, and it just does something for the economy of agriculture with the with the feed and the, and the barns and pastures and and all that stuff. And I, that's the main. I didn't get. I didn't get into it because I love gaming. I got into it because I would, thought it was good for the state of Indiana. And uh, so, uh, you know, that the, it. Uh, uh, but that you know, it took ten years to pass the receipt bill, and uh, after you know they they did the riverboats be three, and then. They made adjustments to that, where they're they're not boats anymore, and now, you know, and the, and the, the main reason the main reason the, it took so long to get the racinos going because they they built the tracks, you know, in what ninety, what was it ninety two or I can't remember. They built uh, this one over here, Shelbyville, in one. You know, it took ten years to get the tracks going, and. Uh, 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 the main the main thing was getting the horsemen on board, mm-hmm. and finally, I just you know you had you had the horsemen that wanted you know we we said it was a horseman's bill. Well, starting out, you know, is thoroughbreds wanted this, standardbreds wanted this, and finally, I just told them, I said, hey, you guys get together and figure out what you want to do, and we'll pass it. But you cannot be fighting and bickering with every, with each other too. Because it's not going to pass. Yeah, you're not going to get the votes. And finally, they <laughs> finally they did. So I I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, sir, uh, you know here I here I pat myself on the back. But at the same time, the state of Indiana needed money. You know, and in '93 they needed the money because you know there was a special session. You know, with the budget because they couldn't have enough money. And that's another thing about Indiana. You know, you you got to have a balanced budget. You cannot pass a budget that isn't balanced. And uh, so, and that's the law. So, that's good. That's good. I wish the federal government had that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, so I, I get, you know, I, I don't know the, uh, uh, abortion gate was controversial. I, I just hated it when those kind of bills came up. The, you know, because in my opinion, sir, there's no winners in that in that whole thing. In that whole gig, there's yeah, there's no winners, and it's too bad. I mean, it's just uh, another reason why did government get involved in in that? You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, you know, I remember growing up that, uh, you know, that. You know, people had abortions and they tried to abort themselves and, you know, they took stuff and killed them. And, but, you know, that's how it all started, in my opinion. But, you know, the government couldn't fix it. So what, you know, they thought government could fix it. Well, guess what? Here we are today, you know. Yeah. So that's altogether a different uh, discussion for another time, I guess. But, uh, uh yeah, I mean, was the debate about abortion when you served the same as it is today? No, it's worse today. Okay. It's worse today. You know, we tried, 
you know, I mean, I'm not saying we avoided it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was up to leadership. Uh, but, you know, yeah, some things didn't pass for a good reason. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You know, because, uh, yeah, it was, there's no winners. And, you know, I don't think, you know, with this thing the state's passed here now, I don't know that anybody lost their seat over the whole thing, but, I mean, it's it's really divided, you know, it's really divided people. And that's, you know, when, when, when you got a person in there, when you got a person in there that, that gets elected for one issue, whether it's whether it's taxes, whether it's portion, whether it's schools, you know, whether it's school funding, whether when they get elected for one issue, that's bad. Yeah. You've got to be a real what in my opinion, you've got to be a well rounded person. You don't have to be the most educated person, you know, because you can't be in every in every uh, issue, but you gotta be able to make a decision and not just be focused on the one thing. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, let's see, I was reading in the in some like old newspaper articles about some legislation that was uh, talked about when you were serving. Do you remember anything about like light rail legislation? Oh, yeah. So what, yeah. what was that I was, about? I was part of that. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, back in that time, these short rail... Uh, Railroads, you know, you had you had CSX and and you had uh, Norfolk Southern, you know, that were the main two in the state. But then you had these you had these short lines that were owned by different companies. And uh, see, like the one I got involved here in this county in in my district was it was the line that ran from Shelbyville to Lawrenceburg, and CSX owned the line from Shelb from Indianapolis to Shelbyville, and then the rest of it on down to Lawrenceburg was a short line. And when I got elected, uh, the owner of that short line was trying to get let get passed through the uh, railroad administration to take up the rail and sell it. Because see, that was the, you know, I mean, rail was hurting, and you know, said he couldn't make any money, and if he could take up the line and sell the steel, he could. You know, and that was not only this short line, but there was other short lines in the state that were in the same predicament. Well, when I got elected, there was like five shippers, you know, and Shelbyville, Shelbyville, Greensburg, and Batesville, you know, that that used that line. And mainly they were agriculture. I mean, they they shipped corn corn and soybean out on rail. And uh, Kanaw Fiberglass in Shelbyville was one too and Knopf was doing a lot of shipping by rail. They're big fiber you've heard of Knopf, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they wanted to keep the rail so that they would have the um, you know, have have a rail to go to in case truckers got too you know, if, if the trucking industry got to where they wanted too much money because they needed a rail for that competition, you understand? Yeah. And uh, so I got involved and got the middle of that. And uh, we saved this rail line over here, and because um, 
you know, I went to I went to uh, Washington to the National Railroad Administration, and we testified. We had I don't know. Um, went to the federal building up in it. I can't remember it all, but we saved that rail line. Okay, so that was in uh, what was that ninety eight or two thousand or so. I don't know exactly when it was, but then along okay, so comes uh, two thousand five. Uh, I got the opportunity to go to Japan with the governor with Daniels, and uh, so in two thousand and see, I didn't know, but. You know, he was in negotiations with Honda back at that time. So why does Honda come to Greensburg in 2006? Well, they got two ways to get it. You know, 80% of the cars that are made down here in Greensburg at Honda go out on rail. Mm, They would have not come to Greensburg if we hadn't saved that rail. And uh, also, I got involved with the Midwest Interstate Passenger Rail Commission that is high-speed rail in the United States, and that line that proposed from, you know, it comes down, there were seven lines at that time going around to, starting in Chicago to Detroit to, uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember, but the one that came through uh, Senate District 42 was that same line going to Cincinnati, and then it went on around to St. Louisville and St. Louis and Omaha and so forth, and now I went to a meeting with them the other day in Indianapolis, and there's money now for, you know, I mean, high-speed rail, I don't know whether they've ever ridden one or not, but but that's the way to move people, you know, less than 500 miles. Yeah. You know, because you you go to the airport, you know, you're going to jump on an airplane and get to Chicago, well, it takes you half a day. Yep. High-speed rail, you can be up there in a half an hour, you know, I mean, 250 miles an hour. You ever ridden one of those? Uh, yeah, when I lived in Europe, I did, yeah. Yes. Well, I was in Europe, I, yeah. And, uh, you know, I probably, I'm probably not going to live long enough to see it happen, but, you know, I got involved with that and, and uh, you know, was part of Indiana's coalition in that in that group. And you can look it up on the uh, Internet. They're, they're doing some good things. Yeah. And, but government's got to build it, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. It'd be a, a pretty efficient way to travel for a lot of people if you had it. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I mean, think about the economic development. See, it, uh, at that time, back then, it was going to stop in Greensburg. And uh, that would have been great. You know, that you know, for this part of the world, that would have been great. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... Now, shifting gears a bit and thinking in the big picture, um, you know, how would you summarize your your time as a state legislator overall? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Uh, never a dull moment, you know. I mean, uh, I don't know. We, I, I tried to, you know, I. I, one of my main goals was to take care of people that had a problem with state government. And, you know, uh, whether it was taxes or whether it was education and, uh, you know, I got, I got right in on the, you know, the charter school gig was a big deal when I got elected and I knew, you know, I knew absolutely nothing about education. I mean, I just, you know, it was really tough, but, I finally decided, you know, that 
and O'Bannon with that. But you know, he was he was for it too, and and not that I talked to him, or not because I voted for it because of O'Bannon, but you know, I think it was good for education, and it gave parents another opportunity. But that was highly, highly, highly controversial. Gave me Christmas. I mean, there was I had you know people had parents calling me that 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 was the worst thing in the world. Well, you know, I guess it. Uh, you know, in some people's place, it still is. It's still bad. They think they take all the money from public education. Well, they don't, but that's that's their opinion. So, uh, but I, it, overall, I, uh, you know, I think I did some good. I think I was accessible. Uh, I got to meet a lot of people. I got to do some different things. Another thing I got on was the, uh, 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 in 96, the uh, Farm Bill, had, they, they had an air quality task force because EPA was blaming agriculture for all the uh, uh, pollution of the air, you know, with dust and manure. And, and so in the Farm Bill of 96, they created this air quality task force that was uh, to the USDA, and I got to serve on that for four years. Mm, okay. And uh, went around the nation and uh, to different places and studied, you know, air. And uh, I think it's still going. I don't know. You know, they, uh, again, the government and how slow things are. But, uh, you know, they had two-year terms, and you had to apply for it. Well, I mean, I was the only... Uh, at that time, I was uh, I was the only state legislator or state, I guess, political office holder on the whole thing. The rest of them were PhD guys from Texas A and M and California. But and uh, we just had two year terms. Well, it was is this like the legislature? It took you two years to figure out what the hell was going on, you know. And uh, uh, I didn't get. I ran again. I, I put my name in the pot for this sixth year, but I didn't get chosen. And uh, it, it got, I'm sorry to say this, but it got, uh, it got regionalized. I mean, there was mm. just, there was just two of us on that from the Midwest. Another guy was, a, the, the, was a dairyman from up in uh, Wisconsin. And then I was a veterinarian from Indiana and the rest of them were, you know, you know, East coast, West coast, um, you know, that, you know, had all their agendas with, with air pollution. But the main thing was, you know, the main gig for the whole thing was, you know, agricultural said, well, EPA, you're blaming us for pollution. And if we're part of the, we don't think we're part of, we're the whole problem, but if we're part of the problem, we want to know it and we want to work with you. And that's, you know, we had representatives on this thing too, from the EPA as well as agriculture. So, you know, it was it was all a learning process, you know, and uh, uh, so. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, that that was very interesting. Uh, back to your uh, question, and I said interesting. You know, I mean, there's you know. I had times when I'd get depressed and get upset. You know, I had a good family. Uh, they backed me 100%. Uh, I was very fortunate. 
uh, and I was very fortunate to make the friends that I had in the legislature. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and it's just, it's just like any other job. It's good and bad. You know, you, some days are, some days you wish you'd go away. Then when you home run, like when, when Honda came, I went to Greensburg for that announcement with the governor and across the, uh, at the, across the interstate down here on state road three. And there was 13, uh, uh, media trucks got off down there, you know, CNN and Fox. And I mean, it, it was a big deal. It was really a big deal. And uh, I think they're, well, they're expanding down there now. They're going to expand and start making the batteries. I think, I don't know where they're going to do that in Indiana, but part of the deal down here is to make, start making the cars for these batteries. So uh, that's a good deal, I think, you know? Yeah. I always tell people, you know, it's, if you came to Senate District 42, you know, at Greensburg, there was a $450 investment in, in Honda. And if you went to Shepherdville, there was a $450 million investment in the casino and the track. So, <laughs> but, uh, and that's true. It's true. Interesting. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Uh, last couple questions. I know you got to go in a little bit here. Um, you know, what would you say the public does not know about the Indiana General Assembly and how it operates? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, they don't have. I mean, the biggest part of the general public doesn't, you know, doesn't know who represents them. Yeah. And. You know, that's sad. I mean, you try to educate people and, uh, you know, they they don't they don't know anything about government. And, you, you know, you tell, you know, like I tell people as a state senator, oh, you go to Washington, you know? Yeah. You go, yeah, I said, no, no, I'm state, I'm not federal. You know, and that, you know, I mean, that happened a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's what's... People, that's what's wrong with voting. People don't get educated on who they're voting for. You know, I mean, they see the name. That's probably, that's the reason ID is so important in election is because as long as you recognize the name, you vote for him. You know, you don't know what he stands for. You don't know what his issues are. Mm-hmm. You don't know what he's running. But, you know, he's a good guy. I, I've seen that guy. I've seen his name. I'll just vote for him, you know. And uh, I think, you know, we need to do more. And I, we do. I mean, I think, you know, we do do a lot for education in the, in the government. I mean, but, hell, I mean, I mean, even my neighbors, I mean, they wouldn't have known, you know, they didn't know what the hell I was running for. You know, what are you going to do? You know, you don't need to be doing that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's, uh, and that's what's, you know, that I'm back to the one issue guy. You know, the, the one issue guy runs, you know, because of one issue, whether it's education or whether it's abortion or whether it's, you know, and he gets elected. And he doesn't do a damn thing about what's, what else is going on in the state of Indiana with insurance or utilities or what have you. Hell, I learned more about utilities in the legislature than I ever did. My Lord. You know, I just, you turn the switch on, well, where does that power come from, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's big industry. So, uh, I, you know, I know. Uh, so where, where else you 
Yeah, so um, let's see. Uh, what would you say is the most important work of the Indiana General Assembly? Passing the budget. Yep. Holding, holding to the budget and making sure the taxpayer's dollar is is well spent and taken care of. And, you know, I, you know the every two-year budget is... Is the is the biggest is the biggest uh, accomplishment that they do, and it's it's not an easy job, I'll tell you. And uh, again, that's where that's where I think the the lobbyists really make their living is educating the uh, you know the legislature uh, on on their issues, and because you know at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Potter, it's all about the money. Yeah. It's all about the money. Okay. Well, let's see. Last question then. Um, what do you want the people of Indiana to know about their influence on the Indiana General Assembly? They need to take, I think they need to take more interest in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, get, get involved. Get involved in lobbying. Get involved in talking to your legislature. You know, you've got... You know, you, you've got the teachers union, you've got the construction workers, you've got the, you know, all those people. But uh, probably the biggest, one well, of the biggest days at the state house was back when we bought the, or when we leased the toll road, you know, and all those construction workers filled that state house. I mean, you couldn't walk, you could not walk anyplace in that place. And they're yelling, and, they're, and of course the teachers have done the same thing, but. I mean, those construction workers, they were very involved in that to pass. And, uh, you know, uh, and it did. I, I voted for it. I thought it was a good gig. I never had, had any controversy. The worst thing I hated about the whole thing, those six counties across the top of the state got $45 million for their, for their roads in their counties. And I just got a little bit based on my population in my county, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I didn't know whether that was fair or not, but you know, you never get anything you want, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Makes sense. <clears throat> well, is there anything I, I uh, didn't ask about that you wanted to mention? No, I, you know, I, uh, you know, the legislature doesn't doesn't cost the taxpayer much money. I think, what is it, less than seven percent of the budget is for the legislature, and you know, uh, people need to get more involved and talk to the legislature. And if they got issues, why, you know, you you, you got to get educated. If you know what I really hated is somebody that came to me and about about an issue and all he had was hearsay. Mm. You know, he didn't the facts. Yeah. And, that just blew me away. You know, here's this guy that doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, you know? Right. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting job. I'll, I'll give you that. Definitely. You know, thank you so much for taking part in the project. I really appreciate it. Well, good luck to you, sir.